Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwynn, and the Insider Crew. Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider Podcast. Uh, no, I am not Vu Gwynn. He is, he's in Wimbledon, living his fantasy to be a ball boy, I think. At least that's what uh, we were joking with him. I'm here with uh, Rob Sest, Panorama Editor, and Bob Miller, co-owner of S-Speed Motors. Um, we've got some interesting topics we're going to talk about. I uh, want to give a shout-out to Robert Forsyth, who uh, does our control. He's in the room with us. You can't see him, but he leaves in his own little office. Uh, <laughs> but when I came in this morning, he said, we got a problem. We have no video. And I thought, as much as I want to do it, why? The problem is, I can see us. I was to say, maybe that's a better idea. Yeah, we're getting a lot of thumbs down on the YouTube version if we have no video. And so he's been trying for the past hour to get something rigged up. And that's exactly what we did. We got something rigged up. Uh, Bogdan helped with his camera. And uh, this is, and I wrote in the description of the last um, podcast that we're kind of back to normal. Uh, but like you noticed, Bob, when you were first came in, these aren't our regular telephone microphones. Are rented um, because um, of the misunderstanding we had. How long would they for pods to come back? They're coming back Friday, hopefully. Cross our fingers and you're back to regular sound. This is the Apollo 13. Rally Jail, like somebody in the last podcast says, you need to get a bigger table. And now we've managed to cram more stuff in this little space. Uh, yes, it kind of feels like the not Apollo 13. Let's call it Apollo 11. Okay. Yeah, well, I didn't get to bring my kids, my dogs in here. Do you agree with what he said? No, I said no. The great hound is, uh, is in the office this week. He's, uh, he's making a guest. Very nice dog. Not exactly like a dog. I'm more like a cat. Holy dog launched himself. Yes. Very serious dog. Yeah. We were talking about doing uh, some 0 to 60 times. He said 0 to 30. 0 to 45. 45 and three strides. Be fighting with my I-14 to beat him. Yeah. Hey, well, he's certainly beating 944 turbo. Just fresh. <laughs> All right. So, uh, normally talk about what we did last week. Anything interesting? Porsche wise? Well, I mean, I will have to say, Atsby at Inley Shop, one of 15 924 Carrera GTS club sports, 15 in the world. And it recently sold. Um, the new owner sent it to us to look over, and it's a good thing he did, actually. Um, the right rear axle was essentially backing out of its bolts were all loose. And then I got a chance to drive this incredible machine. You and I will talk about that, I guess, later. Yeah, I think we're going to do a uh, video thing, and we're going to compare the um, I-24 turbo against the I-24 bird. Yes, mm -hmm. See what though. You have one that's a hand built um, spoke race car from Weissock, they built. Uh, and the other one is a, a little bit more mass produced car. Mm -hmm. They Here. built for a series. Uh, still a very rare car. You don't see turbo pumps every day. Uh, by any means. I think it'll be a neat comparison of what those seven years was it? Yeah, 1988. Yeah. Yeah. How much Porsche changed. Especially when it came to the turbos and the cars. So I'm, I'm excited. I've never seen the, I, I, I'm, I've seen Carrera GT 9.4s, but I've never seen a GTS. I don't think of course. 
Well, and a club store. I mean, yeah. this, this, incredible. this is the one that has the like, plexiglass headlight. Yeah. 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 Probably the old transaxle car. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, the transaxle guys are going to jump up and down out there because there's all kinds of cool cars, but it certainly ranks up there. Well, yeah, size. Yeah, well, we're going to see people starting to do white night 44 based builds. You know, is it should be to do that. I mean, that car's got such a great look with the vats in between the headlights, uh, yeah, let's see, headlights, uh, the kicks, the really cool rear fender flares, just neat marks. I mean, I, honestly, Rob, to me, the 944 Turbo is still all more beautiful. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just uh, the Career GT is just slightly more aggressive with uh, you know, those bats and the headlights, like a night turbo. And the scoop, of course. Scoop. Yeah, yeah, just, I love it. I really, I do like, I mean, obviously, uh, the 944 Fender Blisters are much better uh, resolved than that, but I just like the way they look at a Career GT that's set red. And actually functional. Yeah, I'll let yeah. American cars from the 80s. Right. Hose didn't go anywhere. Right. Uh, this actually went to the interview. Well, cooler, yeah. It was a functional design. A friend of ours, Rich, is building a 944 GTR uh, replica tribute car. Right. And he's going legit. I mean, he's he's found the lollipop sheets. Oh, uh, he's about the uh, fuel refiller. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, he's by the shop. Almost yeah, yeah, so I, I invited him down. He's taking pictures of things he's never seen before. Because... In your lifetime, when will you ever see it first? It already looks just kind of like with the factory that he's starting with the base of the 944 Turbo. Yeah. So oh, that's cool. Which is still relatively cheap to pick up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. compared to what other Porsches have gone. Yeah. yeah. And how often you see them at events. Uh, at least for Tower, though. Pretty rare bird. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, as I understand it, the front fenders, uh, all the. All the Night 24 period, you see, although they look very similar to the 944, they're not related. They're not, they're not the same vendors. No, I mean, the, the GTS is, it's all plexi slash. Yeah, all of it. But the shape's not even the same. No, it's, a, it's quite a bit more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for this fair. So what Well, and actually, we need to bring a great end because this is yet another car that he, uh, he can see. Yeah. He, he can be easily zero to 40. It all depends on the surface too. Low grip surface, as you saw in the video, right. that you know on sand or gravel, right? You know you can't quite put the power down, but you know high grip surface. He's like he's yeah. great on was the race dog. Yes, and uh, luckily he was a uh, not a fast race dog. No, so rushed you after a few races, uh, right? He is the who's the Russian F one driver, uh, Masipin. Yeah, yeah, the cheetah Mazepin. Yeah, that's that was he, that was him in racing. Mazepin was the great yeah. howl. Sadly, so, looked at his videos. His dad wasn't uh, friends with uh, Putin, so. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be a good comparison. Yeah. Um, so uh, I did. Uh, let's see, cars and coffee, uh, which was uh, which was a good time. Uh, shout out to Will. Bring you a tactics T-shirt. I already had one, so I decided to ask him for. Uh, that tactics t-shirt you know he's a big guy well we'll convert one day i mean that actually manny that's a it's a really interesting story this is a guy that started at cars and coffee on his own and he eventually quit his job and every single saturday this guy is there rain shine snow tornado it doesn't he does it by himself and so volunteer, volunteer. No, 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 no. and 
that. And he's very polite but firm. Order that what she decides to grab their engines or the car people. Telling you. Well, it's, yeah, unfortunately, it's all people. It's just mistakes. It's all people who, uh, it was, I guess, they think that uh, we've never heard an engine rev in a parking lot full of cars. Right. Yeah. And it's not like anybody's cheering them on. Everyone looks like almost in disgust at the people because it's so easy to lose these lots. Yeah. And he's had this lot for 12 years, which is a testament to the well. Yeah. So we did cars with coffee. And then Sunday, uh, Chesty Region had a, um, a fundraiser. Boy run to uh, Sinai Hospital. Um, the kids, uh, you know, it was actually covered in the news. Uh, or the uh, region president, Rob Bart, did a great job of uh, organizing it. I think they raised like $11,000. You had plenty of cars. Yeah, plenty cars. Plus, they had a bunch of uh, toys. These were toys they specifically listed that the kids would play with. You know, and uh, and it, the money is going straight to the kids for computer games, things to, you know, obviously, they don't want to be in the hospital. They're trying to make it as uh, comfortable as possible for kids by giving them things that'll give them a better thing. And the kids came out, they sat in the cars, and uh, yeah, it was definitely a good PR for uh, PCA and, uh, and, and the hospitals. Well, that, that made their week. It yeah. says incredible. And then we did a tour afterwards, uh, about a 40 minute drive, where my wife said, You're 10 miles away from it, and you're going to take an hour to get there. I said, yes, that's the fun I'm uh, doing tour. And yeah. we're taking the bad word, the very long way. And we did that. And uh, when we, had a, we had a Mission Barbecue catered lunch. And what I found out, which I didn't know, is that the Mission Barbecue was part of a reach, but five minutes away, I'm valid. And so when we were in line getting food. I said to the guy, I'm like, I guess it was a short drive for you, like five minutes, right? Not Valley. He had like, no, it's all catering. comes from Glen Burnie. Oh, my gosh. Which is about. 40 minutes away. Right. And I did not know that. I thought every restaurant did their own catering and set up. But yeah, so when we do the open house, it looks like the two must all come from the Bernie location. Did you do anything interesting, Rob? I installed a set of new cocoa mats. That's about as interesting as you got. Did you, yeah, did you do a video? I don't know how to do that. Um, yeah, but it should. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's very technical. It really is, but you know, especially when uh, you know they're a fastener, you know, might just have the the rubber nibs on the back and you know, stay in place that way. In which car did you? Uh, the next six. So yeah, uh, and the package is fantastic. So always say. Haven't gotten that much yet. I said, in the Porsche, I have just regular factory mats. Um, I did buy for an opportunity. Uh, I think Suncoast had a one sale, 14 commemorative formats. Oh, yeah. Yes, so it's 14 on the side of the typical portion, very understated. You're just covering your regional factory. Right? Pretty much. Yeah. I'm terrified of uh, the original doing anything that will damage them. And, uh, so now I do have uh, Porsche factory mats, but they're not the original mats. Mats are underneath the um, But in the BMW, I have weather tents. I like that a lot. Those are, those guys, I mean, you know, if you drive the car, you get around and you're getting buggy stuff, you know, you know, well, take it out of the you hose it off, they sit well, very nice. Um, and the owner, they, uh, weather picks and they bake a sports car. And, uh, David, uh, McHale, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, uh, I was just looking at yep. the Ferrari GTO. P15 GTO, yeah. 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 Sounds like Don, that was just 80 million. He looked at it, he's like, it looks like a $100,000 car. 
It's like art. You think it's worth this? People pay for it. Whether it's worth that 70, 80 million, that's a showman's wife and call it. I mean, if you have enough money, what do you spend it? Because it's probably slower than GT3 and I said it probably is. But then again, we're talking, that's not why people run my dirt. So it's a whole different reason why people buy the car. Anyways, while Robert was setting this up, everything I went outside and the niece, our she's CFO now. Melanie, our best manager, they were talking about, they were talking about the topic of how to get younger people in the club. At which point did he told Melanie she's not young? Melanie's like 40, I think. <laughs> oh, God. Ouch. Yeah. He didn't have long hair. I said, Melanie was a little bit shocked at that. Um, but, uh, um, you know, it reminds me, the funny thing is that's what we're talking about today in the podcast is uh, entry level portion. Uh, because Rob is, is, is uh, I guess, the August son. Yeah. Editor call. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, basically about that, uh, about Porsche building and entry level car. Now, Rob and I were talking about this yesterday about that you know, we remember um, what portion was not in so great financial times and how many times entry level cars have saved them, mm-hmm. creating cars that younger people can afford. Uh, and, uh, and that triples down because that means when they go for sale, that means younger people can afford it. You suddenly don't want a uh, car where uh, young people can even buy a one or two year old car because it's still too expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, well, and then, how do you reach those young people? You don't just throw out a product. You have to, everybody has to know it's there. So, Porsche, obviously, right now, but I see you doing phenomenal. Um, they don't have enough room or a production line. Uh, probably for an extra local car, everything they make is essentially sold out. Uh, sure, build it another factory or body another factory to build them. I don't think they're, I don't think the incidental cars weren't rare. I don't think so either. We've all had sort of uh, under the radar conversations with people about it. And no, I don't. But as we all know, you know, what goes up keeps going up. The global economy is never going to correct or cool down. At least that seems to be an assumption on a lot of fronts. But yeah, I mean, it's just, um, it's unfortunate. We actually, broke out the handy inflation calculator and looked at what Porsche prices in the past would be if they were adjusted for inflation. So that $6,500 9 level t from 1970, I'm to guess what that equates to in, in uh, $2023. Uh, well, unfortunately, I was prepared. I read your, your little write-up. <laughs> it, it actually ends up being $51,000. Yeah, you know. And so you think about that. That's that was their entry level. Yeah, well, actually, that wasn't. It was well, nine twelve. That was the entry level. Because well, nine eleven was so expensive. Right? Well, nineteen seventy. Well, nineteen seventy. Yeah, I forgot what. Yeah, but originally when the nine eleven came out, it was too much of a jump. Yeah, but then they were losing people could afford fifty sixes. Right. Oh well. Yeah. But uh, well, but I mean the, the you know the very first sort of uh, you know uh, ancient little car. The Speedster, you know, its famous under three thousand dollar, you know, base price that equates to about thirty three or thirty four thousand dollars in today's money. And look, I mean, that's that's the 
That's a great example because now look at what a speedster is. Right. That's just their entry level. Let's just get it out there. Somebody will buy it. Right. Right. And Somebody will tolerate the side curtains, ready the seats and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, 15 years later, a night routine was about $3,500 or $3,600. And that's tight ends. High 12s, low 30s, and today's money. That's a market that I don't think Porsche has any interest in ever looking at again. Yet there is constant hand about the you know the aging owner base of Porsche. They want to see younger people buying new Porsches. And the fact is, those people are all at Toyota and Nissan dealerships. They're shopping UZs. They're shopping GR6s because those are the cars that are you know that are in the yeah, the, the high 30s, mid 30s, high 30s, low 40s. And your Porsche does not care to go anymore. But, and I think Porsche is still on their radar. It's an aspirational brand. Right. And it's something that they hope to be able to do. But at what age will they finally be able to afford one? How old were you when you bought your first Porsche? Um, again, I, I'm a little different. Uh, so I, what are you, are you the heir to Coca-Cola or? No, I, I just, I was willing to spend all of my money on a car. So oh, I was 24 years old and I made uh, about $30,000 a year and I bought a $30,000 car. And so it was absolutely financially insane, but um, it was worth it too. So well, I guess you be, I was 18. Oh, good for you. And um, I was, I got bit by the Porsche bug and nothing even got jerked. So I got a Five-year-old 924. Oh, okay. Um, and I got a loan. Yeah. And um, yeah. I just could I have bought a, a, a Honda or something? Sure, would have a lot more. I mean, a lot more sense. That in looking back, uh, you know, fifty-some-year-old Manny would have probably told eighteen-year-old uh, Manny, "This is a terrific, terrible idea." Wouldn't have Midas or this you're uh, you're you're uh, the most of what they call unconscious and competent. You don't know what you don't know. Right. They would probably save me because. If I would have known what I know, and I would have never bought the car, uh, because it was very practical car. Sure, yeah. uh, but, but you were doing it out of passion. Sure, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, I wanted. Uh, I wanted a Porsche, and the 924 was the entry level car from Porsche, and I couldn't afford a new one. But by the, by the time I bought this, the 924s were out, so I was getting the gap was getting wider and wider. So a used one was what I bought. What about you, Alex? Sir? Well, I got a similar story and a very different story. I was 21 and I bought a 72 911S for $1,600. You know, so it's another, you know, I'm an old guy now and back then stuff was cheaper and I did that. But I've got a, I've got a better story. About seven years ago, a guy named Jesse that I worked with at Haggerty, probably 26 years old at the time, young guy, fell in love with the 996 Turbo. And back then, he went out and bought a very nice, I think, forty thousand miles car for thirty-seven thousand dollars. You know, it wasn't that long ago. This is not ancient history. But fast forward, and that car is probably worth double what it is right now. And the Jesse's the world are, are priced out of it. So I don't know what's happened even in the used car market over the last few years. But you know, it's all conspiring. I think to push younger people on the Porsche world. And I, you know, I think that, you know, if EEG wants to do something other than handwritten about the fact that their ownership base is in their late 50s, they need to build a new entry level car. The interesting thing is, like, if you if you guys were to design 
quote unquote, an entry level car? What would it be? And I'll I'll answer that real quickly on my side. Okay. The entry level car would be a car devoid of nannies, devoid of, of most of the creature comforts, lightweight, not a super complex engine, and then good brakes. And you know it's cheap to build. Uh, I would think that it would be pretty widely accepted. But I think the guys that are going to go after that are the performance guys like me that love that kind of lightweight, great driving car. And I don't need Apple Play. I don't need, you know, Nav or all that kind of stuff. It'd be nice to have ABS just for the rain. But that's about it. So you can pile the, you know, very little in the car. It's cheap, quote unquote, but it's entry level. Yeah. You know, any manufacturer will tell you the absolute worst people will listen to about any new product are the enthusiasts. Because we all say we want that car and they offer something like a, you know, any, choose your, you know, 968 Club Sport, Pro-T, whatever it is. Or as they notice, without those things, the first thing people do is they add those things back in. Right. Or, yeah. Or a journalist right about how slow the car is, how it's not a real Porsche. I mean, look at the past history, the 914, the 924, uh, the Boston. Yeah, uh, brief bank out with effort. That one pass it out, this and the other. So we say, yeah, well, we want this kind of car, uh, but when uh, it comes to show, people always complain about it. You know, when Rob and I were talking about it. I said it would have to be a shared platform, and, and I doubt you know Rob off Toyota. While that makes perfect sense, I, I highly, highly doubt Porsche is going to get invented. Well, I'm assuming it's BMW is doing the super. But I mean, one of the things, no go with Volkswagen. Yeah, I, yeah, but the Golf. Or something that's uh, that's going to be economic sense with Porsche and the Civic or that going to be rich just for uh, to make enthusiasts happy. Uh, so it's probably going to have a VW or Audi and something that's uh, that they don't have to put a whole lot of R&D into. You did any transverse front wheel drive setup? I mean, you know, going back to the CX-19, and that was the foil for making a mid-engine car was to get front drive setup and ships but i agree with you that's the most likely thing we threw out a couple of things over the last couple of years um i agree they wouldn't go with toyota but it really would be talentized on the ticket gr86 and you know it's a car that's already designed for a flat four engine and or s2 of those uh hanging around and you know basically have a modern day to me what we hear price you should for an absolute top m39.9 which was the Boxster price back in 1997. Cool. You know, in today's money, that's about the 60 grand or so. Yeah, uh, but I think the lowest price Porsche you might ring out to Macaw, basically. So, yeah, pretty short. That's near 40, 34, something like Maybe I'd say the low 50s at the door. But I, all I hear is people complaining and say, I'll ever get to base McCod. It's too slow. It's not a real Porsche engine. But I read this stuff, I chuckle Chuckle because um, it's a good, you know, as people, and I always say, uh, people all listen, what this person thinks is fast. Adult, the worst thing you can do is listen to journalists because they're used to driving these really fast cars. And, and of course, they're going to poo poo the poor little base model. Uh, but the base model, sometimes they're going to respond, and depending what you're going to do with the car. 90% of your driving isn't really performance in the sense that you're looking to get every horsepower, but you want to have fun driving it. The base, uh, base with your 718, we drove the base 718. Yeah. yeah. I was blown away. Yeah. I remember telling Damon, anyone who complains 
about the base team, base uh, team, team in our boxer has never driven one. Right. But this car is, it's just heck. Yeah, it would keep me happy. Yeah. Handles. Oh, yeah. delightful to drive. And I thought they had a uh, Macan. Yeah. Yeah. Is it as fast as a GTS? Of course not. But um, yeah, uh, your check will show up. They like. With the base Panamera that we had here. Oh, yeah, and it's off. It was great. Rear wheel drive only. Yeah. It was at the low, 300 horsepower. Right? Yeah. Uh, but you could actually have fun driving this car. The turbo was just stupid fast. Yeah. I mean, it was just, uh, you could only do launch control so many times. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, it's starting to get boring. Great on clusters. Just crazy. The, the, the uh, Turbo S was just, uh, it, was, it, it hit 60 so fast. You were like, what just happened? Right. Yeah. <laughs> was not like the, what I, what, uh, what, so, what, so going back to it for basically about like round. Yeah. So, so you're shooting for about 40 grand. Um, I mean, how much is that going to dilute the brand? If, if a basement cod is 44, how much would offering a sports car at 30 or 30,000 dollars? And I have to tell you, listen, I was a naysayer way back when the Cayenne was being announced. I said, no. Oh, this is it. It's going to ruin Porsche. Yeah. And in fact, that whole segment of Porsche changed Porsche overnight. Yeah. And it is what it is because of all that money. Right. Um, so I I tend to agree with you. It's not going to dilute it. But what would you, beside a shared platform, what would you, how would you see it? Would you see it front wheel drive, rear wheel drive, stick shift? I would love to see a rear wheel drive car, but I don't think that's going to what Manny said. There is no platform that, that is equal to that. So I think whatever it is, it's got to be a lightweight mid-ending car with a flat floor. Uh, something that weighs, you know, it's like you talk about under 3,000 pounds, like lightweight. That was a magic thing, but uh, you know, it's got to be, you know, under 3,000 pounds. Minimal driver's aids, you know, ABS is fine. You know, I'd love to see what Manny was doing. Sure. And it'll be a shared platform Old way yeah. may um, offer something similar, yes, to the, the car that portion you sell. Spread the costs uh, across that, but I mean, manual steering would be wonderful. Uh, Alfa Romeo did it 4C not all that long ago, so um, it could be done. You know, something that weighs 27, 28 pounds. Um, be you say it is a hybrid or, or turbo. You know, I think you could offer it. Um, I think you could offer it both ways. It could offer it as internal combustion and as an electric car. That would obviously break the, the three thousand pound bag, right? Uh, battery weight. But we uh, we did a uh, we actually had some drawings commissioned by Lars Zelzer uh, a couple of years ago. What it looked like, and we sort of envisioned this sort of modern day night fourteen. And uh, I would love to see them go in that direction. I just had not a whole lot of confidence. It's all where So, so the three of us were kings of the world for a day. And so we make this happen. Um, one of the other things you want to talk about today was sort of what Porsche did trying to find that young market. Singer, appealing to the young. Yeah, Bob referring to do a lip up who uh, is the uh, spokesperson now for uh, yes, Porsche. Happily, she can afford a new Porsche, but you know, right? Well, still, the funny thing was, I asked some people, "Do you know who she is? Can you name one of her songs?" And literally, I thought that she's funny. Flies like Don was like, "I know she is, but I can't name one of her songs." 
and I had member services, and they were trying to think of one of her songs. Um, so I guess we're going to learn who she is, or uh, or whatnot. Obviously, very young. Basically, yeah, she's twenty-seven. Yeah, so she's going after that group that we created this new car, and we've got to get to to say, "Hey, this is a great car. Do it." Um, the way you market it. No, most Gen Zers and millennials are not pro athletes or pop stars, and you know that's really kind of the one that it takes, you know, to buy, um, you know, GT cars. I mean, I really think that. You know, if they were to offer something, you know, base price at thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven thousand dollars, a very basic, you know, two-seater car, uh, they would be able to attract that market. But right now, uh, you know, those people have no other choice. It's Yada, Zeep, uh, look at an ERZ or a GRE six, or or buy buy used Porsche, which at forty thousand. A lot of Porsche, a lot of Porsche, and they go back. I guess our respective stories um, that we both bought older cars that were out of warranty that we were willing to, to live with an older car that our daily driver. Uh, you know, I'm sure we talked to Porsche. They're going to tell you like yeah, pre-owned is probably the uh, entry level car for PCA. That's been our growth marketer pre-owned cars. Yeah, that's why we do so many uh, buyer guides and. At Mark Fresh and whatnot to uh, help people along as they uh, look in the journey. But I mean, if you looked at the CTO side, I mean, you know, uh, $40,000 undercars, it's our team because most people don't buy the base cars. And Porsche's having a routine, it could shelter of their original valve enough you know, to appreciate all that watching certification process adds to it. So, um, but does that broaden Porsche's market? Does does the let's say nine twenty four S does does getting the Gen Zer to buy that does that broaden their market? The way Porsche would want to do it in terms of its brand, promoting it, expanding their worldwide domination. Well, those people tend to be pretty good with social media, and you know the more people that you see in that demographic. With new Porsches and their Instagram feed or something like that, yeah, I would see that it does. You know, it, it, uh, you know, I think that it would. Um, yeah, some auto crossing, what's it talking about? Uh, I think all that enhances the brands. So, um, but journalists, so those in the, that's how I mean, you know, I mean, you bring up really great points. Uh, and I, I like price. Yeah, I mean that's that's right on the nose of where these folks, you know, you're right out of college, you're two years into your profession or whatever. Forty grand is a team. Yeah, so that makes such a great absolutely. Yeah, probably. And, uh, and that's so real. I mean, that's a great price point. I think or an important. But to Rob's point, that's a 1970 warranty. Yeah, yeah. At which not everyone was buying. It wasn't like a deal that was a silver zone car, but certainly. None of this, I think, is going to happen until the economy uh, stabilizes, I guess we will. Uh, because right now, Porsche has no reason at all to build. That's the best. I, oh, I, mean, I was going to say, yeah. how long does it take to develop a new yeah. car? It's got to be two years yeah. at least, even shared platform. Right. I mean, you know, everything's cyclical. 
No, nobody, you know, although um, in the past, it was amusing to watch the big three get flat footed, having nothing but very thirsty SUVs with fuel prices went up. But, you know, this would be a good time to do it because uh, at some point, it's obviously down. All right. So the three of us will commit. Each of us will buy one of these new cars. So they've at least sold three. There you go. I remember when the Boxster was announced and when it came out, the people drove and me, people said, well, I thought I was going to buy one, but it's not fast enough. Or, you know, this is slow in my 944. All these excuses. Right. And they were expecting, I guess they were expecting a turbo for the price of a Boxster. And, you know, I got to do is look back at the history of entry level cars and portions are always come out slow. Putting out this is car for a ratio level. Well, I didn't cross our fingers and the old speedist. And I was, you know, we're never going to build that again. I mean, yeah. right? Like the no nanny spark, the nannies now are all mandated. You can't really get no nannies. Everything's becoming mandated by the government. Think about it. I think ABS is traction control. Yes. And so, pretty short. TPMS is. is and I think lane uh, departure now is going to soon be uh, not already. It's uh, mandated. All these things, yeah. bags are mandated. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah. And that's why the cars are so heavy. Although they'll never build a 2,000 pound car, at least for sure. Then people expect certain things. We think it would be cool to have wind up windows. But yeah. the non enthusiast is going to be appalled that you paid 50000 and you can't that <laughs> wind your own windows up. Is this probably I'd ever seen? Not wind up. I mean, I, it'd be kind of fun just to, uh, you know, fuck somebody down and, you know, say, okay. You know, when you get the window down, this car, right? That's how I this with the button. We're on the radio. And I said, that's how you take your favorite radio stations. Right. And this is the old school one where you pull the cooler, the old enough about, and you wash it back in, that locks that station in. And uh, I, I think she calls it the most boring car in the world. Because that, you know, as soon as you start riding, you know, the old use riding in the Suburban that had the full entertainment system. And everything in it. Here she was in a car that's had to roll the windows down, no air conditioning, and a radio that. Uh, I mean, that's another. You got to have that. That's such an awesome. But Bob, this one are going to have a Y sock edition. Oh, right, right. With magnesium rims. But but you could do so. Just basically build me something that looks like a nine fourteen six GT. You know, uh, that's you know with the. But they're going to see force. They're going to see that for the special cars. They're going to build you. It's going to be a more boring. But you know, Porsche doesn't want you to stay in the entry level land. They want you to step up. Right. So you have the fender blisters and the plaid seats and all that happy stuff. But to me, what it also does, it brings the market more available because the people who the fifty dollar our car out the door is still unattainable. Three years, that car may be worth you know, ten thousand, fifteen thousand less. Sure, and that'll become affordable. It's right. something I can pull off as a daily driver. Uh, well, and especially if they build enough, the devaluation curve is very steep those first couple of years. Eleven now, you know, where they're over hundred thousand dollars. Non S ones at the door day, yeah, that becomes harder and harder for someone. Twenty one to buy nine eleven. And that, that used to be a house price. Now it's just a base. Well, and the thing is, too, and I don't know why this has happened. I actually did a piece on this for the New York Times a year ago on just the phenomenon of 
appreciation of how it used to take a long time for cars to hit the bottom appreciation curve. And it's it for a long time. You know, uh, 930s were built 15 years ago, 35,000 cars, you know, half or less of their original price and stayed there for a long time. 996 turbos were cheap for a long time. You know, now cars appreciate less and they hit bottom faster and they start appreciating faster. And I don't know if that's the, you know, if that's the normal or not, but right now it makes it very difficult for anybody who wants to walk. Okay, so. Well, then the right to the allure and the attainability of Porsche has has grown significantly over the last five years. Like, yeah, all of a sudden, um, you know, you see Porsche everything: yeah. Porsche SUV, Porsche Mini SUV, Porsche you know uh, convertible, Porsche GT cars, Porsche whatever. Yeah, and so that depreciation, I think, is turning around because the rest of the market is saying, "Hey, I really like." Or look at the quality, it still looks great 10 years later. So I want to buy it. So let us know in the comments what you think about that. What should be building as far as entry level, what price point it should be. And if you would buy what? Got three sold. (laughs) (laughs) I still still submit that if you actually see the car, you probably won't want to buy it because it will never make your vision of an entry level car. And odds are you'll be disappointed when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, that's the way uh, I, I say that shillable cars are. They're uh, always a compromise of sorts. Right. Um, and the first rule of an entry level car is don't make it so cool to get cannibalized sales from right. whatever is not more. Right. And then all the stuff that we're talking about, certainly I think we make this thing more enough cannibalized you know, to, to right. so sales. We'll go to uh, some upcoming, uh, or not upcoming, they're out on the uh, YouTube channel. Probably posted uh, Roth's wheel dimensions and steering geometry from Tectacticis. Um, as far as videos go, this is the least sexy. It was simply uh, Robert set up the camera at our Tectacticis event. As, as far as content, oh my gosh. Wow. It's, uh, if you read the comments, people went nuts over uh, this masterclass where all of them uh, about uh, tires and the of wheels and the whole thing that's uh, now when you look at people that put oversized tires, that, you know, Porsche basically put a lot of thought in when they, when they engineer what size wheel, what size tire goes with their car, and why. And, and the sacrifices when you start upgrading, uh, doing plus one, plus two. Uh, so I'd say uh, a 45 minute long uh, class is exactly what the attendees got to see. Um, if you are thinking about coming to one of these tech tactic events, have the one in uh, West Coast, which is near uh, Ontario. It's at the Volkswagen chain facility. That's where you train the Porsche um, tax. That is November 17 and 18. So look it up. Um, it'll be in the all day. Up there. And we saw Rolf when he presented. Um, and it, it goes back to the old things. You know, Porsche actually knows what they're doing. Yes. And they do things for a reason. And it's not random. Uh, you know, what I always loved, and you and I know a bunch of these folks, these guys that are just simply smarter than Porsche. Um, 50 guys sat around doing all the calculations for where this offset is supposed to be. But nope, I'm smarter. And so 
Why is it it'll be more stable? We both race, so we know we're smarter or should compete or change our cars. Right. Uh but with everything is sacrifice. And so uh we sell people, you know, it's I hear you get the same ride or you get the same uh, feeling, uh, but it's gonna be even better. you're giving up something. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. And you uh you're not gonna have that smooth ride hundred uh, percent if you change your suspension to Except for springs, uh, sportier shocks, just to have to get something up. Uh, anyways, uh, check out the YouTube channel, uh, Porsche Club of America. It's uh, surprisingly done very well. I say surprisingly because it wasn't filled with, uh, with a lot of like G Wiz video stuff. It's just straight, just uh, us reporting as uh, she made it understand. Yes, uh, it was very funny. Ralph is like has his own uh, group of uh, fanatics. In between sessions, he was always uh, surrounded by guys just peppering with questions. He loved it. And he really, this is, he does this on his free time to come in on the weekend and uh, do this for PC Mavericks. He really looks forward to it. He was so happy that we came back after COVID. And so when I asked him to review it, he was like, oh, great. I can't wait to see what people say. Uh, the whole idea of recording it is that more than uh, 125 people a day get to see this. It's, uh, I think at Alto we're uh like for or something like that. Um let's see, uh so we just released uh Damon just finished editing uh toward the KW suspension factory journey. That's uh something that uh Vu and Ilka, our advertising director, went to Germany earlier this year. They went to a lot of different uh our sponsors and uh, they had a very cool tour in this is the suspension um uh, you know, where they test the rig out. It's, uh, I think it's set me up to a seven pole. Uh, I would love to play with this. First, I would have to understand exactly what I'm doing, but once that's done, it's really fascinating how they can set up shots. Uh, really, uh, I think everyone needs to have this to be able to set up the shots properly. Most amazing thing about those rigs is you can put a car on the rig and then you can push it button. And then the car is driving a particular racetrack. Yeah. And so you can set the car up, let's say, for a nerver ring, because with a rig like that, you've already pushed the button. It's already emulated every single bump and dive and everything about the track. And then you make adjustments before you get to the track. Yeah. It's, uh, I know Porsche has something similar for their engine that I remember reading when they, they uh, built the engine for the D Rod for all the Something from brown to I don't know, I'm mess it up, Swiss or something like that. For the Alpine passes and everything, RPM, workload on this engine, and uh, going really fast and passed the test. That right around the same thing you just said, right? Where a computer did exactly all the gear, gear, gear changes, RPMs, and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool video. If you like factory videos, which we've always got a good response for, uh, this is a uh, one you got. Try to switch to news. Uh, we talked about Dua Lipa. I mean, the something bigger deal with uh, Porsche. Um, but the really cool news is, of course, my favorite is Apple CarPlay. We used to rate cars, and the first thing we'd look to see, whether or not an Apple CarPlay, if it didn't, we didn't rent the car. <laughs> It'd be like so much easier, but so intuitive. Um, and they're updating it. So now, how can do even more, including uh, controlling um, HVAC? It's a heat and uh, cooling. 
off on the uh, CarPlay app. But that's uh, that's pretty good. It's interesting though that with Porsche is doubling down on it, and Joel Loder is saying we're done with that whole CarPlay. Yeah, I don't know the details, but uh, I sure love the. Uh, how easy Apple Carplay is. I'm not a uh, diehard Apple person. I don't follow their releases or not. Something's easy to use. I don't have to sit there and try to figure it out. Which on some rental cars, you're sitting there for like uh, 20 minutes. It shouldn't be this hard to figure out how to use that. Yeah. You know, once you get used to it, like, see, I said that to very cool. If you have Apple Carplay, you can go to check into this. Um, so Porsche has uh, opened up their first uh, Porsche studio. I think this is uh, uh, Origin. Did you see that? So, so they they talk about it being the future of um, of dealerships. Where so you, I mean, you design your yeah. It's not a lot full of cars. It's like right downtown. It's like a boutique shop. It's just company in Portland. Outside, the first one's in Portland. Yeah, yeah. It's uh. It's where you can come in, configure your car. It's, it's, uh, I think they're trying to get away. Yeah, you know, people complain about dealers and how it's all high pressure. You always have the, your stereotypical sleazy salesman and blah, blah, blah. This is, uh, you know, you're watching a user version, you're seeing some of the, uh, screenshots of, uh, the studio. It's very hip, very, uh, modern. Doesn't look like a place where you would, uh, sit down and be stressed out about what well, the dealers are always right where it is after investing in level five dealerships. Yeah. Uh, this is, I, I think this is, I, has somewhat to do with uh, Tesla. Oh. And now Tesla showed that uh, you don't need a dealer, uh, especially with the new generation. Uh, they Like where they've right up there from. Mm. So it's going to be fun to watch. They open more and more around the country. If you're in Portland, I would encourage you to stop by and let us know what you think of. Yeah, I'm wondering where it is. Stay downtown. His uh, Buddy Shell's old Jaguar dealership is gone. Well, Burnside, he's getting so. That wasn't that long ago. It was like the last five years, ten years. Uh, so the big news. Uh, a lot of people email email me or or text me like I knew the answer. Shell uh, Bruner abruptly left Porsche. And uh, they're asking why. I'm like, I have no idea. And he didn't call me up to let me know. Um. To bring everybody up to speed, well, well, out. well and he did what? Okay, it's just announced that he was leaving, and uh, they have no replacement. I mean, they have temporary replacements. Uh, who's the CEO? Yeah. Yeah. Just in case, you didn't yes. Um, we want you to see the the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm waiting for the lightning to strike. Yes, Kiel was. Uh, been a fisher for the past couple of years, along with parades and uh, big, uh, big PCA events. Yeah, uh, like uh, like past CEOs, he's very uh, friendly with PCA, uh, but it's very unusual. Um, see a CEO lead like this. Yeah, it's uh, it's not like Klaus Zellwerts departure where you know right. he go to yeah, it's the yeah. How I worry, Cal at the help Williams or. Three, four years was, uh, I think Klaus was five. You get the term five up here. Yeah. It's ready to make a change. So it will be interesting to, uh, it'll be strange at Rensport if they don't have a CEO. 
few CEOs very prominent at uh, Rensport, um, especially with like uh, they do this tapping of the cake, which signifies the opening of Rensport on Thursday. Um, I joked us that we're going to get a six pack for our tent at Rensport <laughs> and open that six pack at seven o'clock. That yeah. we can't make it over to the main stage. So, yeah, it's uh, really don't know why, and everyone in the industry you get told from the LinkedIn comments from the employees uh, that I think they're equally shocked. So they have two months. So to your place in the outer ends. I think they were surprised. Just, uh, I mean, he came into a very successful company. He left a very successful company. Um, I mean, our CV stays in the industry or not, or. He goes to a uh, competitor. Yeah, some people say receipts. My guts all gave out receipts. So the uh, instead of base is something worthwhile. I'll be a bit at more or um, what the new upstart electric. Fun to watch. Uh, Coming PCA events. Uh, works uh, Monterey registration is still open without spots. Uh, I think we're, if we haven't sold out, we're very close to selling out the judge. We still have um, corral spaces open. Uh, even with the work session, a lot of rent sport coming uh, like a month later. Uh, works is still very popular. First time that happened, we were very nervous <laughs> that it would uh, take people away. From works for that year back in 2018, he sold out works. So, I'm sure, we're going to saw that again this year. Uh, registration for volunteering for Rensport is still open. Uh, take up to 600 volunteers, you get a, a volunteer only t shirt, very cool t shirt, and an event poster. You work at least one shift, and I think this shift is three or four hours. It's a great place to hang out with uh, fellow enthusiasts. Yeah, either be helping us park cars inside the uh, tracks or uh, working the Porsche plots, which is the old key in Ireland. There's certainly a lot going on, but uh, yeah, PCA is famous for its volunteers, and uh, Porsche relies on us to provide the uh, army up to pull off uh, Rare Sports. If you're coming to the event and you want to help out, just hop over to the registration page. The PCA Open House is uh, September 9th. Columbia, Maryland. A lot of you come to our uh, open house. Of course. Um, and I'm sure this year is going to be just as big. Uh, usually catered by Mission Barbecue. So if anything, you get a free lunch, which is a great deal. They always have a lot of giveaways, uh, sales on merchandise. Uh, the famous food wedding tour of uh, the national office. <laughs> I always joke that I'm going to sneak in the Mandy Alvin reality tour. That's <laughs> not the national sure. office. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you never experienced the great version, that's uh, something you should uh, register. And and please register. Don't think you just can show up uh, because um, they have to know how much food it doesn't take anything to register. It doesn't cost anything. Just, uh, spend three minutes to go register on for a bridge. Uh, the fall trepid, uh, gateway to the west. It's essentially St. Louis area at Rich Carlton. Uh, registration is still open for that. So I have some spots available. If you're asking what trapping is, well, it's four days of tours. Uh, basically, uh, you all meet in the morning, you eat breakfast, you, uh, you uh, set up with your tour group, you're driving all day, they uh, provide you lunch, 
do some more driving, come back, and in the evening we all get together and we have dinner. So it was a great. Uh, Are you dull? No. Uh, Let's say not me. Okay. She's sneaking. This will be great travel. This literally is my old neighborhood. This is Clayton's story. I well, you were having a Rob Sass reality tour. Yeah, or <laughs> a trap tour, right? Or Rob yeah. Sass came into yeah. puberty. <laughs> no, no, I was thinking like it said no, like somebody and I was trying to see law. My office is Clayton. I lived there. I lived uh, basically across the street from the host hotel, and uh, it's a uh, it's really a, a, an underrated city. And it's it's Carlton. I mean, that's a great thing about Trepin is that uh, it's a coupled event. It's not yeah. more Paris, a family event. This is more of a coupled event. And uh, they want to make sure that your non driving uh, or maybe not as lo- car loving uh, uh, partner has as much fun. And so they, they, they've always had a great idea of doing it at a four or five star resort, uh, which I thought was a, always a great idea. I've enjoyed some days not driving, you're just hanging out by the pool or yeah, inside a resort, Hampton Inn. I like Hampton Inns. Doesn't cut it. It's got to be something nice. we should probably be a session. Probably should. Yeah, I'll like yeah, that you. He's a tour guide. But no, I mean, it's uh, the host hotel is really well located. There are all sorts of uh, restaurants, bars, shops, wine. It's a very safe part of St. Louis. So I think you should be All right. Well, I think, uh, well, next week we got. Uh, Maybe, oh, maybe I'll be able to do it next week either. So next week, I think he's trying to go to Little. Yeah. Trying. Right, yeah. Okay. Grabbing balls all the way up to good. Yeah. I don't think he got into the ballpoint position. What did he try? They saw us 5K times at parade. And, uh, yeah, he didn't cut it. Um, and what was that, 34 minutes? But his wife has center court tickets. Oh. But I guess she politely explained to him that he is not a tennis Tennis enthusiast, so he can hang around well with it, but he can't go to center court. So he was planning to uh, do a tour of the different food. Uh, so I think we may come back a little heavier because of the sacrificing his seat. So, uh, so his way down is around for an I think he did it in 34 minutes. I said, that is on the cusp of walking. That's not the, I mean, I have really no room to say because I didn't wake up that early to do the 5K run. So I'm crazy enough to do it in the they see the offering. Anyway, yeah, I think next week he's doing uh, doing uh, Good Order, which is the festival speed, which I think they're going. You haven't got any notice yet of any uh, secret thing you're not allowed to talk about? No. no. There's rumors I read that there might be the ST. Really? But I haven't heard anything else, and we're getting close. So well, right introduction? Yes. Why not rinse? Through? Well, that I would hope. It's going to be, I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some interesting uh, reveals at Rensport. Because uh, so remember, last time around, I'm pretty they sure they did 935. Right? Well, they did 935, but they also did 992. Yeah, I'm pretty sure 992 would be either North American or. No, North American did use Los Angeles. They brought a Porsche out. Or were they just a Rensport? Um, sport issues. The the uh, the world didn't do the night night shoot. L.A. and presenter was a valid disgrace. Actors, that shit. Yeah, far with Kevin. That's exactly what I was going. Yeah. What's it right with? Wait a minute. Sure, that's true. Something didn't nobody. 
it really must change. It's really good actors. Uh, anyway, so it's it on the So not what I guess. Google. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, so okay. So, uh, anyways, uh, so next week you're gonna have uh, you're not gonna have Bill. You're still gonna have Nate. Uh, so hopefully we haven't lost half our audience by the time. We get a technical problem with this. Or at least Matt is a full terrible guest. We have a so I'm at a bunch of great people coming. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, uh, you are swear. Oh, you can swear all you want. Just make it like difficult. Proper. They got to edit all of it out. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you are a car PC member and you own a Porsche, what are you waiting for? Be sure to have your event handy and you too can join the PCA, the Porsche Club of America. If you don't have a Porsche and you're looking for one, join our test drive program. Uh, just go to www.pca.org. The test drive is all the delete polls into the PCA. Because you get everything they write on PCA you get the magazine, you get access to the classifieds. You just can't vote. So you won't be able to just I don't think they have a maybe one year one year, but you can you renew again? You can renew Robert. Will I vote this session? Same price. It's when I channel. Yes, and we won't treat you like the second dress since you don't have to wear like a test drive member on your forehead or you just the little no, you can't. You can't go to events. You can't go to national events. Like Korea. You can go to the only event you can't go to. Uh, but that's already happened. Everything else you can. Uh, let's see. Uh, remember to follow our podcast Instagram page to see some behind-the-scenes photos and videos. Porsche Club Insider, all one word. Uh, you can message us or email us at podcast at pca.org or simply comment on our YouTube podcast video. All the comments. If you want to stay in touch with Vaulting PCA, remember to subscribe to our free newsletter at PCA.org newsletter. And Rob will tell you, please subscribe to Mark Fresh. So, anything else, guys? I nothing. All right. Great time. Thanks for coming on. Thanks to you, Robert, again, for pulling this off. I would have been there with uh, my iPhone. Yeah. Uh, passing it around. <laughs> it's your guest hosting, Manny. All right. Until next time, uh, stay safe. See you down the road.